folks, welcome into a brand new episode of Train Wreck Fantasy Baseball. Wake back here after a bit of a hiatus, still coming down from from draft week. I'm still exhausted from being on the screen for 10 hours out of two days. Like that, that was some crazy stuff. Like I, I'm happy that we're not doing any fantasy potathons or anything because I would lose every sense of reality that I have. But this is a normal show. Finally, back to it. Uh, you, Steve, you last week, you you guys killed it with with Tybee. So, so I, I honestly thought I might lose my post here, but I feel <laughs> I think I feel safe knowing that you wanted me back. So, thank you for bringing me back to this show. <laughs> As uh, I know, you you've been hitting the hitting the lottery on a lot of your free agent picks. You got to be feeling hot coming in uh, for this episode of Trainwreck Fantasy Baseball. Yeah, it's been good. Um, it feels like, you know, I tell someone to pick them up and then they have a career week the next week. And I've been loving mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. It's been it's been a great feeling so far. And I'm just hoping to continue that. We still got five months to go. It's a long season so for fantasy long. baseball. Yeah, you can be 4-0 right now and you can still finish in last place. I am in last place in my my league right now. And I have Mike Trout. That tells you everything about how my season's gone so far. Uh, Nick, you're riding higher than I am, though. Maybe as high as Steve with how the Yankees have been doing. It's been nice to not – I actually muted the term Yankees on Twitter uh, because I was sick of hearing about the Yankees being good again. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, it's it's something to talk about, so I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, you know, honestly, what the Yankees are doing right now, obviously we, we had we had a loss today with, uh, you know, a day game. You know, we lost to the Astros. It was a rough loss, but, you know, we got brought, brought back, to, back down to earth a little bit. The Astros are still a pretty you – know, they're, they're an okay team. They're not, they're not bad. Um, yeah. You know, their record isn't probably as good as what that team is, and that's the way I felt about the Yankees for weeks. Um, but when it comes down to the last, you know, 12, 13 games, what I've seen from the Yankees has been basically what I was expecting. Solid defense, contact hitting, timely hits, and great pitching. Um, yes. Today – Chad Green got blown up a little bit. It's okay. It's going to happen. Garrett Cole gave another decent start. Um, but the big the big exclamation point that the Yankees have been putting in their games is Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. he's, he's been tearing the leather off the ball. I mean, this is as good as I've ever seen Stanton hit. And we're talking about a guy in 2017 that hit 59 home runs. This yeah. stretch of hitting that we're seeing from Stanton, and he's even said it himself, it's the best stretch of hitting he's ever had. Um, if yeah. he can keep up anywhere near this pace, I mean, it would be ridiculous. You're going to see it come back down to earth. But if he could bat 300 this year, that's unlike him. And he's going to obviously put up the power numbers. He'll put that up whether he bats 300 or 220. He's going to put the power numbers up. If he could add a 300 batting average with that, and then they they go on and win the division and come back, he's got to be in the MVP discussion. I know how good Trout is. I know how good Otani is. But you have to have him in that conversation. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing right now. They do have the best record over the last 14 games in the majors. Um, they actually have a better record than the Dodgers right now. So I was yeah. hitting that panic button. I was freaking out. I no longer feel that way. And Judge really hasn't done anything the last couple of games. Yeah. So carrying him as well. I just love mm-hmm. what I've seen. I love what I'm seeing right now. This team is going to start getting well-rounded, and you're going to see them continue to stay hot through the summer. And what is Judge right now? What's going on with him? Is he hurt? Is he just in a funk? Like it's just it's a long season, so every player goes through some kind of funk at some point. So it's weird. It's kind of a tale of two judges over the last you know twelve to thirteen games where the Yankees have been on this hot streak because the first half of that he was red hot. He was hitting yeah. the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Um, last couple games, I mean, he had five strikeouts yesterday. Anytime you have five strikeouts in a game, I mean, that's that's you know eyebrow raising. That's his second time he's done that in his career, which. Is to be expected. I mean, he does swing and miss a lot. 
Um, but again, today, a couple more strikeouts, just not, not seeing the ball. Well, it seems like, but, um, you know, Booney comes out and says, you know, I don't, I don't care about the five strikeouts. I like the swings I was seeing. I, I didn't see those swings that Booney's saying. (laughs) I'll be honest. I think he's just trying to, uh, you know, gas his guy's head up and try to get him out of this funk. Yeah. Um, Not lambaste him in front of the media, really. Yeah. I'm seeing Mm -hmm. a very off balance judge right now, which is uncommon, but he'll figure it out. Yeah, you got to be excited for what you see in Kluber lately too. It looks like Corey yes. Kluber is finally—he's been drinking from the fountain of youth. It looks like a mm-hmm. himself again. Like yeah, and, and, that's, and I think now. all of us kind of brought him up as a buy low early yeah. on, maybe yeah. in the first episode. I think we all said that don't expect that to continue. So, so props to all of us. Props to John Means. I mean, that's you know the, the episode <laughs> today is called "What Do You Means?" Because what do you means? Like John Means is off to—he's he, the single greatest fantasy pitcher right now. It, at least yeah. on ESPN, he is on Yahoo's. He ranked fourth, so it's just how their algorithms go, whatever. But yeah, it, it, the thing about John Means is this sustainable? He's not on a great team. Steve, do you think what John Means is doing is sustainable? So I love John Means, and he's kind of in, in a day right now where the best pitchers are all the guys who throw like 98, 99. You know, they have a nasty breaking ball. They just blow you away with stuff. John Means relies on his changeup and his curveball and his fastball is only about 92 93 miles an hour but he's so good at locating his pitches and that's what i love about john means he's thrown his curveball 84 times this year you know what the batting average is against it zero zero there hasn't been a single hit against his curveball this year his changeup he's thrown that 200 times the average Mm -hmm. against that is 102 John Means is a guy right now who's throwing, you know, the soft off-speed stuff and just locating it so well, and he's just keeping hitters off balance all game long. Yes, he's not on a great team. I get it. The Orioles, they're not a great team, and I have a friend who's a diehard Orioles fan, and he told me, he's like, it's probably going to be the same thing. The Orioles can be a little bit below 500 at the break and then just trade off pieces and just lose, you know, 90-plus games for the year, and that's just kind of what the Orioles' story is. Yeah. But you know what? John means he's 4-0 right now. Even if he doesn't get the wins, he's a guy who he can go long into starts with the way he throws. He doesn't have to throw, you know, 130 pitches a start. This guy, he he's very consistent. He keeps guys off base. His whip right now is .67, which is, I believe, second in the MLB behind Jacob deGrom. You might have heard of him. John means <laughs> John means I, I've been – really impressed with him especially his no hitter yesterday because technically yeah it, it could have been a perfect game it was a passed ball strikeout yeah. and then they ended up uh caught stealing at second which i wish it was a perfect game because the, john means is the guy you want to root for to like have something like that yeah but like i said john means he's just locating the ball so well and if you can locate even though you're only throwing 92 93 his off speed's really carrying him uh, I know his numbers won't stay this good, but John Means is someone I really like, not just this year, but in dynasty formats going forward. And whether he stays in Oriole or not, he's a guy who's just going to be consistent all year long. And now what I'm about to say is you you touched on a little, and then it, it started to go away from that a little bit. And, you know, this is not for anyone in a dynasty league. This is redraft only, but I'm absolutely selling him if he's on my team. Like a hundred and ten percent coming off a no hitter. There's no way I. It, it, he's just he's not gonna keep what he's doing up. Right. And 
I got a lot, like, I got a few things to say about that here. So I looked at, there's this one really great website called StatCast. They do a really good job of comparing pitchers based on their repertoire and what they use and what they use well, including location and all that, which is what John Means is doing really, really well. Pitchers who, the, the three closest to Means are Tariq Skubal, who is 797th in fantasy. And I'm not saying that these numbers are the end-all, be-all, but having all three of them in that same area, uh, Blake Snell in Tampa Bay, 468th, not having a great year. Good year, not having a great year. And then Austin Gomer from Colorado, 694, another pitcher who is just no one that you even want to have on your roster whatsoever. Um, And between his called strike and whiff, it's 29.7%. I would like that to be a little higher for the low ERA and the low whip that he has. Um, but he's also the number one pitcher in fantasy baseball right now. So if, if you want to hold on to him, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't. But this is a time and this is my sell high for the day. because and So I'm getting off the hook early for it. <laughs> I think I do think this is probably the best sell high in baseball right now is John Means. Um, just well, because well, of the no no. That's the thing. It's like this is the highest value you'll probably get for him all year long, right? The oh, guy just throws it. a no-hitter that was basically he, a perfect game mm-hmm. the day before. You can't, say a thing, you can't say a bad thing about the guy. You really can't. Right. He's a good MLB pitcher, but yes. asset management. And that's the thing. If someone offers you, you know, like you can't refuse offer for John Means, then absolutely, you know, I'm taking it. Because John Means, most of the time, he was either a free agent pickup or he was someone you drafted round 15 or higher. So, yeah, he, but you have to look at this, I, I guess, both ways. John means if you don't, if no one's really offering anything that you think is fair value for him, just oh, yeah. hold on to him That's because awesome. he is yeah. he is going to be a consistent starter. And like I said, he locates his off speed pitches so well that mm-hmm. I really do think it's sustainable. But to your point, like if you can get like a top two, three round guy for John Means just based on what he's done so far in the first month, then absolutely take that deal without question. Oh, oh yeah. Nick, I think too with with John means, I know we talked about his swing and miss rate and, and I love that stat. I really do. But I think with him, I I would take the, take the backseat on that because I bet you, if you look at someone like Greg Maddox's swing and miss rate, it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a little bit lower than Randy Johnson. So the reason I talk about that is because someone that has a 92 mile hour fastball and is throwing a lot of junk, he's not getting as many strikeouts as DeGrom, Garrett Cole, but he's going to get a lot of ground balls, a lot of balls that aren't hit up squarely. So, you know, I do love that stat, but for a guy like John Means, I mean, I, I kind of just look – I kind of overlooked that stat a little bit. Um, but I'm with you, Wake. I mean, after a no-hitter, what, what, what better time to sell than now? You know? right. um, mm-hmm. But to Stevie's point, if you're not getting exactly what you want for him, hang on to him because he's going to give you a good rest of your season. He's just not going to give you a no-hitter every game. Exactly. What I will say – too about means is even though he throws really soft stuff, he does have 50 Ks and 46 innings, a 30% K rate where the MLB average is 23%, and a 33% hard hit rate where the MLB average is 39%. So like you said, Nick, he does give up soft contact, but he actually does get swing and misses with these slow off-speed pitches, and I think part of that mm-hmm. is just due to where he's locating them. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's special what you're seeing with that location. It really yeah. is. Yeah, and the location is something that's a little harder to sustain, but when you're right. on it, you are on it. We said oh, the same yeah. thing about Corbin Burns when he went uh, with all his paint yeah. pitches from, from two weeks ago. We were talking about that a little. Um, so, yeah, it, it's there, there's 
Means is probably the most intriguing player in fantasy baseball mm-hmm. just because there's yeah. so many ranges of outcomes for him for the rest of the year. Um, another team that has a lot of ranges of outcomes that might be getting some better fortune in the future are the Buffalo Blue Jays. Yes. Um, I, I think that the takeaway from them actually officially coming back to Buffalo is that you should be buying as many Blue Jays players as you oh, yeah. can. And yeah. our guy Tybee did a great job outlining how important this is for them in his article. Anybody watching, if you're on YouTube or Facebook right now, I linked the article in the description. So definitely click on that. You can pause us. You can leave us forever. I don't care. Just definitely, like, you want to check out that article. He did a great job. I am going to tease it a little bit here, though. So last season, the Jays were really bad before they came in Buffalo. And Tybee yeah. pointed out that they went on to finish 17-9 at Salem Field. 15 and 19 every other ballpark. And it's not because it's an, a minor league ballpark. It's actually one of the better AAA ballparks out there. Uh, they're just a much better hitting team there than any other team that even came into Salem Field. The Blue Jays had 43 home runs. The rest of the league had 24 in Salem Field. So it's not like it's a hitter's park or anything. The Blue Jays just struck magic there. So, I mean, one, it's awesome for Buffalo, but two, for fantasy owners who want to be, you know, when they want Blue Jays on their team, yeah, it's great for them too. Yeah, I mean, to your point, too, we also had Springer and Teoscar come back this past week. The Blue Jays are one of those rare lineups that one through nine, anyone can hit a home run in that lineup. They have power hitters throughout the lineup. We've seen what Vlad's done this year. You got Bichette, you got Biggio, guys that could just hit home runs, you know, 20, 30 home run potential all through this lineup. And the move back to Buffalo is only going to help that. What I will say, too, though, is Blue Jays pitchers, I may be tempted to to sell them off. Not yes. completely sold on it, but there's a lot of guys, you know, Robbie Ray, Steven Matz, probably two of the big ones. They give mm-hmm. up hard hits. They give up a lot of home runs over the course of their careers. They've been pitching decent so far this season, but with the move back to Buffalo, I think it is a more hitter-friendly park. Maybe not Coors Field or Great American, but probably, you know, right up there, top five ballpark for hitters going forward. The Blue Jays bats are going to be super valuable, and I, I would try to get rid of the pitchers if you could. Nick, anything else to add on the Blue Jays? No, I'm, I'm with Stevie there. I mean, as soon as June 1st hits, that's a really good point. You know, pitchers and, – and I'm going to talk about a waiver pitch uh, pickup a little bit later. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah. that's a guy that I might even have the conversation that Stevie's having. Hey, June 1st, you might want to sell him. So um, great point to that, Stevie. Um, I think – you know, to your point as well, one through nine in that lineup is yeah. absolutely feared. And I mean, Springer first game back, it's two mm-hmm. homers. I mean, come on. So it's it's one of those things where they could beat you 20 to nothing in a game, um, you know, with the way they've been pitching. And obviously they can hit. Not saying that that's going to happen, but that's the type of lineup that they have. And obviously if they keep pitching the way that they do, you know, we'll see. But come, come June 1st, I'm selling pitchers. I'm with you. Yeah. And, you know, and, that, go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say the Blue Jays lineup is one of those where I think it's going to be top five in baseball regardless, and this move back just only going to help that. I believe they have 10 runs today in Oakland. This team can hit, but they also love to hit at home. I believe they're second in baseball right now in home uh, home runs per game at home, and they're not even in Buffalo back. Once they get to Buffalo, I, I don't see anyone hitting better at home than the Blue Jays will. No, that, honestly, probably not. And and as Tybee pointed out, I think in his article too, they have the eighth ranked pitching staff right now in terms of ERA. I know it was top ten. I can't remember the exact number, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, there could be 
mm, yeah, a lot of good fortune coming for the Blue Jays coming when they get back to yeah. Buffalo. Uh, and you know, we'll be in Seneca One Tower watching every single game. Oh yeah, but this is a great segue. We talked about buying, uh, buying low on the Blue Jays now, selling high on uh, John Means, as I said earlier. So we will get into that. We'll start with buy low, get into sell high. Uh, Nick, why don't you kick us off? Who is your buy low in uh, week five of the MLB season? So my buy low is is Freddie Freeman. You're probably going to raise your eyebrows and you're going to think Freddie Freeman. Not how is he a buy low? But he's it. obviously not. Yeah, he's not putting up the numbers. He's batting like 220 this year. I mean, he's giving you power. Uh, but the big thing for me is it's almost like a take advantage situation. I don't like doing this to people, but if you're in a league for a good amount of money and you have someone in there, that's a little bit of a newbie when it comes to fantasy sports. That's the kind of guy that's going to say, what is Freddie Freeman doing? Let me get rid of him while yeah. he might still have some value. Um, a veteran owner is probably not going to sell you Freddie Freeman for a small penny. You know, they're probably yeah. going to say we want something big for him because they know exactly what they right. have in Freddie Freeman. So when you talk about a non-season owner, they're going to look to hit the panic button. You might be able to potentially swoop onto the radar and really get a lopsided low ball offer for a fantasy beast. I know obviously he hasn't given it right now, but he is a fantasy beast in the past, and he will straighten his numbers out. So buy low. If you can get him for a bag of balls, go for it. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> down the road, down the road of the season, he's going to turn back into Freddie Freeman, and you're going to get exactly what you want from him. And if you can get him for cheap – I mean, go for it. Yeah, I, mean, I brought up um, yeah. I brought up Freddie Freeman as my buy low two weeks ago, and so if you listen to me, I'm sorry, probably did it too soon. You should listen to Nick now, though. You definitely should. Uh, Steve, over to you. Who's your buy low for uh, for week five? So just like Nick, I'm going with another slugger first baseman, and this is Jose Abreu of the Chicago White Sox. I love buying low on Jose Abreu because I think a lot of people are just buying into the, oh, he's getting old, you know, he's 34, he's really not doing anything. He's batting 206 this year with six home runs, 22 RBIs, a career low, I believe it's a 396 slugging. But, you know, if you look into it, Jose Abreu, his BABIP this year is 235. His career BABIP is 326. So he's getting really, really unlucky. His hard hit rate this year is 52.7%. That's his second best hard hit rate of his career to his MVP season last year. So he's still hitting the ball super hard. Problem: The problem with Jose this year, his ground ball rate up 12% to 58%. His strikeout rate up 8% to, I believe it's 28%. I expect both those numbers to kind of regress more towards the mean. And if you talk about Jose Abreu, I call him the most boring player in baseball because he really is. No one really <laughs> talks about him. The man bats yeah. 290, 300 every year with 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. He's in the Chicago White Sox lineup, which has been phenomenal so far this year. I know they've dealt with a little right. bit of injuries, but they're still producing. They're still a top 10 offense in baseball. So he's going to get those counting stats, the runs, the RBIs. And like I said, Jose Abreu, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't think this is the end of him. He's just too consistent of a hitter. I think he can get up to like a 280 average, you know, to end the year, you know, 25, 30 home runs. He still hit six home runs at the first month. I mean, if you look at that, that's, that's like a 30 home run pace. I'm not uh, giving up on him, and you can get him, I think, at a really good value because his average is so low and because of just the narrative going around that, oh, he's getting older. He's still hitting the ball really hard. He's getting really unlucky with the Babbitt. I think Jose Abreu is a guy who could turn it around quick, and if you give him one good month, his value 
double, almost triple. So I would go get him now while he's low in a good lineup and still hitting the ball really well. Yeah, I love the Abreu call. I mean, I, you you've you set it out as perfect as I could have. So I mean, I don't want to steal your. I, don't, I, I can't add anything to that. Like <laughs> Nick, like what else can we say about Jose Abreu? I just love that you call him the most boring player because I'm with you 100%. And he reminds me, as a hitter, he reminds me of Joey Votto. Who, yeah. I mean, Joey Votto had a couple years where he went like 330. But yep. Joey Votto is a really boring baseball player. And it just – it just remi- I used to always say it. People are like, how are you going to call him boring? I'm like, because he goes out and he hits 300 and he hits you 25 to 30 dingers and he stays under the radar. That's exactly what Jose Abreu is. That's a really, really good call. Yeah. He is. I mean, it, that's the thing. It's like, bo- I'm not saying boring. I'm not trying to say it in a negative term. It's just no. boring because every year you just know what this guy's going to do. He's going to bat right around 300, hit 30 yeah. home runs and like 100 RBIs. He walks yeah. a decent amount. He's a very solid baseball player, but he never has those type of, you know, crazy seasons where people are like, oh, Jose Abreu, he's a top five player in baseball. Jose Abreu's just been great since he's entered the league. But no one really cares because he's just consistently, you know, very good every year. And <laughs> in Jose Abreu fashion, of course he wins the MVP in the shortened season that no one really cares about. I mean, if, if, sure. that, if there was ever a way to tell the story of Jose Abreu, that yeah. shortened season is absolutely it. It really is. Yeah. Uh, my buy low, I'll go in the middle here and then we'll go to the sell highs because I already did mine. I'm cheating. I love it. Uh, is Austin Meadows. I do. Is he at the. Maybe the disappointment of 2020. Is that fair with how awful he played? But the good news is his underlying numbers have completely rebounded almost back to the 2019 form. In some areas, they're higher. Some areas are lower. I'm going to call that a win. First of all, even through the slump last year, his hard hard hit rate still stayed at 42.9%. It's been exactly that every year for the past three years, which is – really ridiculous to be honest. It's not like it's a great number, but that level of consistency is something that you're striving for when you're buying lower for whereas and whatnot. Uh, his walk rate is the highest it's ever been at 14.1 strikeout rate back down to 24.5. And that's still not a good number, but last year he was striking out a third of the time he stepped up to the plate. So that's huge. It's whiff rate below 30. Again, chase percentage is the lowest it's been in his entire career. Um, I just, I just feel like he's one of those guys that, you know, his track record speaks for itself. His 2019 season where he had, what, 33 home runs, give or take, was spectacular. He's already got seven home runs this season, and that's hitting two away. Imagine if he actually hit his expected batting average of 253. His 30 home runs would kind of be his floor at that point. So if you're a team that has, like, solid contact hitters and you you can deal with a hit to your ERA, he's definitely someone you want to buy low on. Uh even if you can't swallow, you know, that, that losing an extra percentage point or so in, in, right. in, ER, in, in sorry, in, in average, um, I think he's very, very much worth it just because his ceiling is, well, we know how high it is. It's 2019, maybe higher. Well, and that's the thing. I, I love that pick for Austin Meadows because he really is one of those guys who has the potential to just have an absolute breakout summer and really become a type of league winner with his Mm -hmm. power speed combination. He really has that type of potential to, you know, win your league if he can just go, you know, nuclear over the summer months. And like you said, the underlying numbers are really supporting that he's 
having the season more similar to what his kind of first breakout season was to opposed to last year where he was ice cold. So I think that's a phenomenal pick. Thank you. Thank you very much. I love the former pirates that that do well elsewhere. That's my my niche too. (laughs) Uh, Nick, over to you for your, uh, for your sell high. Sell high. I'm going to go with Justin Turner. Um, So Justin Turner, he's, uh, he's batting 333. He's got seven homers, 22 RBIs. Pretty crazy number. He's got a 373 batting average on balls in play. So what that tells me is, especially with someone like Justin Turner, who really doesn't have that much speed. Actually, he's got no speed. Let's let's, let's call it. Big. Um, it's showing me that he's running into a lot of luck right now. So at the end of the day, his his at the end of the day, his numbers will come back down to earth. Um, yeah. So I'll say, you know, honestly, if you drafted Justin Turner, kudos to you. Great job. Um, mm-hmm. He's a guy. He's 36 years old. He's only projected to play half of his games this year. Obviously, he's yeah. played just about every game this year, but he's only projected yeah. to play, I think, 92 games. And he was projected to hit like 260, 270. You know, not normal Justin Turner numbers. And obviously, the playing time is not there. Um, so you're going to look at a guy that's in a lineup like the Dodgers. The Dodgers have an unreal lineup. He starts slipping up a little, which is expected because he's just, you know, he's red hot right now. You're expecting him to drop down, especially with that balls in play. Some of those are going to, you know, they're, they're going to be outs. You're going to see him start dropping down in the lineup. You're going to start seeing his playing time get limited as a 36-year-old. So if you have him, if you made that draft pick, if you made that pickup, great freaking job. But the time is now to sell him because it's not going to get any higher stock-wise. Yeah, I think, go ahead. <laughs> I think you brought up a good point with his durability too. I, Justin Turner, yeah, he's a great pure hitter. He's never going to get you steals. You know, he's not going to help you there. But he's a great pure hitter, you know, average, maybe a little bit of power. But durability is a big concern, and especially on a team like the Dodgers, like you said, Nick, if once they start getting healthier, once, you know, their young guys start hitting the ball a little better. I know Gavin Lux has struggled a little bit. McKinstry's on the I.L., if Turner goes cold for a little bit, the Dodgers have enough guys to just plug in and have him sit, you know, three, four games a week. So that's a really, really good point. They're so deep. They are so deep, that yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite the, the the kind of cold streak they're on right now, I mean, when everybody gets healthy again, that, that team is still a scary team for the playoffs next year, or for even for this year. Um, mm-hmm. Moving into the free agent targets for the week, uh, I'll, take, I'll take the – First one here, and I got I got a little bit of a graphic here, and it's Andrew Kittredge uh, for for the record here, and I I picked him up last week out of desperation for uh, you know I had two of the Reds pitchers in that game that was twelve to twelve in the seventh inning, and so my ERA even though I also had the Max Scherzer complete game was a twelve, <laughs> so. I really needed help with my ERA. I really, really did. And this guy was someone who, so far, has done a good job for it. If you need strikes, don't pick him up. I'm just going to be completely forward with you. He's not <laughs> the guy you want to add if you do need strikeouts. But he is kind of the definition of consistency as a pitcher right now. In 10 games and 13 innings pitch right now, he's got three wins, a save, and a hold. Just because he kind of has started to do that thing that, like, the Reds like to do kind of. I love that I keep talking about the Reds now, even though he's not even on the damn team. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they love to – they're now putting him as the starter, letting him do, like, two innings. If he doesn't let up any runs, he could get the win, and that's what's happened. 
And if you look at the projections here that I've gotten here, uh, courtesy of Fantasy Pros, they do a really good job of outlining some fantasy content sometimes. Um, he has really surpassed projections every single game of the year, except for you see that 418 one, that giant jump in the projection. That was his first start of the year. Every other game he was pegged in as a reliever. So if you take that out, he's beaten projections every game this year. And to start out the season, he was also – he was like – thousand he was over 1100 in adp but ecr which is expert consensus ranking had him as a late round value so this is a guy that the experts were high on the public was really not and i always love those guys and so far it's worked out if you can get an occasional save or a win or a hold from the guy or two of them in the process like you know that that's kind of just found money with this guy yeah no i i like that um it's someone, you know, it's a name not a lot of people recognize, right? So it's someone that people aren't going to be jumping to the waiver wire for. But, yeah, that that's definitely a smart pickup. can help you. And I realized we forgot to do your sell high, so let's go yeah. back to that, Stevie. Um, <laughs> I, typed it in, I typed it into the background over here, too, and I'm ready to put it on the screen. So so let's not waste any more time. Who is, uh, who's your sell high for the week? All right, so I'm going with someone who's been pretty good this year and a guy I like maybe a couple of years down the road, and that's Christian Javier of the Houston Astros. The big thing with him is is the innings for me, right? He, he's pitched five games yeah. so far this year. He's 3-0. and He's got 30 Ks and 25 innings, which is pretty good, a 1.75 ERA, a .89 whip. Great numbers, and last year, you know, in his shortened season as a rookie, he had good numbers too. But it, it, it's always comes down to these young starting pitchers, how the ball clubs are going to manage them. And as we already saw this year with the Houston Astros, they skipped two of Javier's starts. And one of them, they sent him down to the alternate site because they were able to run a four-man rotation for like a week and a half. They had, you know, enough space in between the games. And that's a telling sign to me that, you know, Javier's a great Great pitcher, great prospect, but he's someone that the Astros are probably going to take a little lightly. In his five games this year, he's only thrown more than five innings once, so he's not getting you quality starts. And really, it, it's hard to get wins if you're only going five innings. You know, it, it can get very, very tough that way. And he's only thrown 113 innings was the most he's pitched in a single season. So I highly doubt that the Astros are going to have him throw more than maybe 120, 140 this year. So this is more of kind of looking down the road. His stats look great right now. He's a top 25 starting pitcher. You could get good value for him. You really could. And you could also play the, hey, he's a young pitcher, great potential. He's got great swing and miss stuff card as well. You sell off Christian Javier for a guy who can make maybe help you for the whole year because it just feels like to me that Javier is a guy who may be moved to the bullpen come at like later on into the summer, or he may be a guy where they start to skip his starts more often because they want to limit the innings. And I always kind of look out for that with these young starting pitchers. And at 24 years old, he hasn't thrown more than like 60 innings in the major leagues. Pump the brakes on Javier. He's got good stuff. He's a great pitcher. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying that he's someone that innings are probably going to become a concern. Yeah, innings will become a concern. And also, he has one of the higher exit velocity, average exit velocity yeah. on the max uh, yeah. in the MLB. He's like 
the top 30 or so. Uh, his hard hit rate isn't anything to be super proud of either. So, uh, right. yeah, so I do I do like the Christian Javier call. He is two years into his MLB career. So that's not, you know, we're not shit talking him by any means, like as, no. as Stevie said. Um, it's just, you know, you sell high. He's 3-0 and with a sub-2 ERA right now. Like, yeah. that's yep. that. <laughs> and, and what you said about John Means, Wake, you want to sell these pitchers at the highest point you can. Christian Javier, mm-hmm. his value is probably only going to go down if, like I said, they start skipping starts or if, you know, maybe he gives up a bunch of runs one start and then his numbers become inflated. Right now, he's got great looking numbers and he, he you know, it looks like an ace. But if you can mm-hmm. get that value, I would absolutely sell him. A hundred percent. Uh, so we skipped you for the free agent. So, so just remind, and I will edit this together because that's what we do for you too. We'll, we'll edit and fix my mistakes. That's what interns do. Uh, Nick, you still have to do your free agent target, right? Yeah, I got, I got, um, yeah, I got my Go free agent it. target. So, yeah. So, um, free agent Tyler Rogers is a guy that, that I would go for. So Tyler Rogers is a guy that a lot of people don't even really know his name. Um, but, he is a reliever with the San Francisco Giants. Um, Jake McGee is their closer. I mean, that that's that's who's going to be their closer moving forward. Um, yeah. but he's got serious struggles this year so far. So what's been happening is they're really trusting Tyler Rodgers with that submarine delivery. Um, he's been put into some pretty high leverage spots. He's pitched 17 and two-thirds innings. He's got 10 strikeouts. He's got a 1.02 ERA and a 0. 0.85, uh, a 0.85 whip. He's got two saves. Uh, like I said, I mean, they're trusting him to go into these high leverage spots. So what I'm saying is, you know, with John and with Jake McGee, he's not going to, he's not going to disappear. He's going to end up being the closer, but while he's going through these struggles, they're going to allow Tyler Rogers to get, be a guy that goes in there and shares time until McGee writes that ship. So, mm-hmm. you know, the next couple of weeks, this is a good waiver pickup right now. In the next couple of weeks, he might be someone you you know you you sell you sell for you know something as Jake McGee starts figuring it out. But for the next couple of weeks, you're going to see you're going to see Tyler Rogers pick up a couple of saves and be pitching in some high leverage spots. The innings mm-hmm. will be there for him. Uh, so snag yeah. him if he's if he's yeah. available in your league. Yeah, the innings are going to be there, and and the hard hit percentage for him is also extremely, extremely, extremely good for for just all the underlying numbers for for Tyler Rogers. Not to be used. Taylor Rogers, who is on Taylor Rogers neighborhood. That is my fantasy team name. Uh, but you know, another good reliever from the Rogers family. I don't know if they're related at all, but they kind of look like they might be, to be completely honest. So no. Somewhere down the bloodline, maybe. <laughs> See your thoughts on Tyler Rogers. Yeah, and I think what Nick said too, if Jake McGee continues to struggle, you might get yourself some free saves. We've seen this before. I mean, how many times does it happen in the fantasy baseball season where midway through there's just a switch in the closer because one guy continues to produce while maybe the older veteran just he starts getting hit all the time. And it and it's a really a short leash with closers now. It really only takes two, three, you know, bad appearances and the manager's yeah. like, All right, we're done. We're gonna try this guy out and see how he does and that's really helps you win your league if you can get those guys that they might be set up guys for you know a a few weeks maybe even a month or so but once they get the opportunity they can run away with it those that they could become maybe a top 10 relief pitcher by the end of the year yeah and that's a league winner if you get him on the free agent wire that's a definition of a league winner uh steve you got the floor so give us one of your free agent targets 
So my first one um, is Tyler O'Neill, uh, my St. Louis Cardinals. And you'll notice kind of a theme here with my free agent targets over the past couple of weeks. I like getting batters to where I there's a lot of potential there. And that's the definition of what you'll see with Tyler O'Neill. He was, you know, one of the top prospects for the Cardinals for a few years. He struggled badly last year. And this year he started off, wasn't doing too, too hot. But he's been on a tear lately. His last 10 games, he's batting around 350. He's got four home runs. And one thing that I didn't really think we'd see, O'Neal's stealing. He's got three steals already this year. I think they've all come in the past, like, eight games. But Tyler O'Neill has 30 home run potential. And a month into the season, getting a guy at his age with his upside on the free agent wire is very rare. So you might as well just go after and grab him. He was less than 50% owned earlier this week. I believe he's like 40% now. Tyler O'Neill, he's batting behind Goldschmidt and Arenado, so he's going to have, you know, chances a lot of the times with runners on base. The Cardinals' offense as a whole has been pretty decent this year. Tommy Edmonds has been playing well. Dylan Carlson has been playing well. So there's been a lot of guys who will be on base for O'Neill, And he's just got raw power potential, which I love. And that's something I want to attack in free agency. I talked about Jesus Aguilar uh, last week, who's a guy who, you know, 30 home run potential. Tyler O'Neill is just like that. He's hit for 30 home runs twice already in the minors. And although he hasn't had the best you known start to his major league career, he's still super young. And this guy is someone who really could be a summer breakout guy. He's got the raw talent. He's got the skills. And he's running now, too. I didn't expect that, but he's got three steals already. It's not crazy to say he can get 10, 15 steals on the year and, you know, combine that with like a 260, 270 average, 20, 25 home runs. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you're starting every day in your lineup. Yep. And he, he says here he's in the 98th percentile at his top speed. Like that, that yeah. is that is just extra bases and stolen bases waiting to yep. happen. I love that call. I think, too, when you talk about, uh, you know, Goldschmidt and Arenado in front of him, yep. you got to pitch to someone. And it's exactly. if you're going to pitch to someone, it's not going to be those two. So right. it's going to be Tyler O'Neill. He's going to see fastballs. So mm-hmm. that's that's a really great, really great pickup. And he's going to see fastballs with runners on base too. And those are huge for the counting yeah. stats. Those are huge for the RBIs. And another thing on O'Neill, 50% hard hit rate. MLB average is 39%. I just talked about Jose Abreu who's got like a 52% hard hit rate. Tyler O'Neill's hitting the ball just about as hard as him. I yeah. love, love the pickup. Yeah, it's the best hard hit rate of his career, actually. I'm looking at that now. So, so honestly, even if you get him, if you're in a keeper league, um, he could be someone that you pick up on free agency and you want to keep next year. Um, That's that's a really good call. Um, And he's playing every day. Yeah, and he's playing every day. And he's young. Like, that is, whether it's keeper dynasty, like Tyler O'Neill, even even redraft, he's someone I definitely think people should have their eyes on. Um, My last free agent target is going to be someone I brought up before. But I brought him up as kind of a one-and-done option at pitcher. Now I'm going to kind of make the case to keep him around. And that's Aaron Sanchez. I think it was two weeks ago when it was just uh, you and me, Steve, on the show when I brought him up. He was going against the Marlins that day. And that day, it worked. It actually really, really worked. And where the hell did my nose go? Okay, I found him. Uh, (laughs) That day, he got the Marlins the win. No earned runs over five innings. Only got two strikeouts. So, again, I guess if you're a pitcher, a strikeout needy team, you should never listen to me 
to be completely honest. Um, but even since that Miami game, he had a game against Colorado where he did pretty well, almost made it to five innings, only gave up two runs, six strikeouts that time, so a better outing. The game after that, however, not as great. It bumped his ERA up from a 2-2-2 to a 3-1-8. Still, after giving up four runs in four innings, he still has an ERA of 3-1-8. So, I mean, this is kind of just uh, – he's – you can do a lot worse than having Aaron Sanchez be your depth pitcher, right? And and I think that like just and I did say when I said to pick him up a while ago, he was going against the Marlins, who you should stream every pitcher you can get against the Marlins. But I, I, I watched games that he played against Colorado recently, especially the one where where he did kind of get all over four innings. He didn't really pitch as bad as as it kind of said he did. Like he kind of there were there were some blunders fielding. There were uh, I, I don't I I think there's an error or two in that game. Um, I just I do like Aaron Sanchez as as, uh, as a very low risk. Keep him on your bench. He's also pitching just in terms of strikeout rate and walk rate the best he's done over his entire career, hands down. So so I do I do like that and and I feel like it's only up from here for him. Yeah, and uh, he pitches in a pitcher-friendly park too. I, that, that's exactly. another big thing I look for. So that that kind of Thank will you. help yeah. his cause going forward. And, and with Aaron Sanchez too, he's also a guy you don't really have to worry about too too much if someone's going to grab. If you want to pick him up for a start, maybe stream him for a start, then maybe drop him for you know a couple exactly. days, get someone yeah. else, and then pick him up for his next start. He's someone you can afford to you know have the luxury to do that with. Mm-hmm. Next week, I think he faces a two pick, a two start week. And the first one would be against the Rangers. So that's why I really like taking him ahead of next week. Um, Nick, your final free agent ad, week five. Yeah, so my, my final ad, and we've, we've talked about him on this show uh, earlier in the season, is Nate Pearson. So Nate Pearson, uh, yeah, first, first start with the Bisons on Tuesday. I mean, he looked as advertised. Three and two-thirds, eight strikeouts, one earned. Hitting 98 on on the nose often. Um, I think Ty B said he hit 101 at some point during the game. It's you know he's yeah. got a great live arm. Spin That's- rate's unbelievable. Uh, obviously his fastball, the ball explodes out of this kid's hand. When you watch him pitch, I mean it doesn't look like it's it doesn't look like it's you know anything serious. It's not like he's Nolan Ryan out there pumping, <laughs> but the ball just explodes out of his hand. Um, and then he's got a wipeout slider to go along with it. Um, so, I mean, Nate Pearson, the hype is real. And and obviously a lot of real baseball fans know who Nate Pearson is. He's owned, he's owned in about 52% of the league. So he's owned. He's out there. But there's about half the leagues he's not owned. If you can get this guy, jump on him and jump on him fast. Because when he hits the league, he's going to hit it with a lot of great stats that are going to get you through the stretch uh, in the summer with with uh, with the fantasy league, so mm-hmm. he's about to get called up. It's going to be something special to see. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I do want to. We do have uh, Nate Pearson's preseason preseason press conference over on the Trainwreck Sports YouTube. So go over there and check that out. I do want to play a clip from that, kind of similar to he's talking about what Josh Allen had to work on. If we're going to like you know use a football analogy, he had a lot of mechanical issues to work through this off season. Uh, and one reporter asked him about that, so I did want to play that for everyone. A little bit, throwing with uh, a little bit less effort and uh, feeling more uh, more whippy and just uh, more uh, effortlessly, um, not trying to chase velo or anything, just trying to pitch. 
And so it's definitely a little bit, a little bit new. So I'm adjusting to those mechanics, but you know, I'm feeling, feeling really great with them and, you know, feeling, uh, feeling healthy. Yeah. So like before I felt like, uh, I was nice and smooth and like the last minute I just, I tense up and, uh, try to throw the ball as hard as I can. That's when my command gets sporadic. And I feel like right now I'm focused on staying one speed the whole time and just, you know, keeping the body quiet through the whole delivery. And clearly all that work is paying off for him. Uh, Nick, I saw you open your mouth there, so go for it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's unbelievable that the ball is coming out at 101 miles an hour from someone who's taking it easy. So that shows you the kind of, the kind of, yeah. you know, the kind of stuff this kid has. You know, yeah. and, and I love that he worked on that because there's a lot of pitchers out there that, yeah, they have a nice fluid motion, and then they get to here, and it just goes nuts. And he's not doing that. He's just letting his body go with the ball and – I mean, if you're throwing 98 and it's coming out easy, I, that, that's that's all you need to know. It, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Dude has one yeah. of the best arms as a pitcher in baseball. Stevie, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and what I will say about Pearson, too, is even if he gives up a few runs in his first couple starts, he's still going to get the strikeouts every start. That will be consistent with Pearson. He's going to mm -hmm. get guys to strike out. And what we said earlier about the Blue Jays, he's got a great lineup behind him. Yep. So, you know, you can expect wins and maybe a little longer leash on the manager, too. If, if the offense is producing, even though Pearson's younger, they may keep him in longer, you know, see what the kid really has. Yeah. And, and you know, they'll let him. Yeah, exactly. They'll let him in, be, let him stay in, keep that leash long and basically say, hey, we trust you to, to you know, to keep our lineup afloat during, you know, even if you let up two, three runs in an inning, our batters can bail you out. So, like, just go out and do your thing. I just can't wait to watch him in person from Seneca Tower. That's going to be yeah, so me great. Too. Oh, me my too. God. <laughs> Stevie, wrap up the show. Who is your final free agent target for week five? All right. So this is probably the, like, pinch your nose, most boring one of all time. But I'm going <laughs> with J.A. Happ of the Minnesota Twins, the 38-year-old journeyman. He, mm. I – I've been down this road with J.A. Happ. He lives on the waiver wire. I think he's lived there for the past 10 years, no. but he's a consistent, solid pitcher. That's the thing with J.A. Happ is he's not really going to get you in too much trouble. You don't have to worry about him. He's not going to strike out a lot of batters. He's got 16 Ks in 28 innings, but he hasn't given up more than four hits in any of his starts, hasn't given up more than two earned runs in any of his starts. And the Twins are a solid lineup that I think will be, you know, pretty much improving as the year goes on. J.A. Happ is someone who, yeah, he's boring, but he's someone you can plug in and not really have to worry about. He, you know, he may have a chance to, you know, get a quality start here and there. He's mm -hmm. going to limit hard contact. He keeps the ball on the ground. He doesn't have, you know, big blow-up starts that'll kill your week. But, hey, he's a guy, if he gets a two-start week, that's might you know, might be 12, 13 innings, you know, two, three earned runs, and, you know, seven, eight Ks. It's not like ace numbers, but it's absolutely something you want to plug in and just not have to worry about. And, mm -hmm. you know, kind of what you said earlier about Aaron Sanchez, Jay Happ is, yeah. you know, in that category of a guy, hey, I'm going to pick him up for his start. I kind of like the matchup here. Maybe drop him for you know next three four days. Maybe pick up a bat or a different pitcher, and then grab him for his next start. And you really won't have to worry about someone on the waiver wire, you know, fiending for JA Happ. He's he he's the front door of, the, of baseball. Yeah, of baseball. That, that, yeah, that's a really good comparison because <laughs> he just he gets the stats, he gets the numbers, but nobody is like I'm not you know gonna 
be hyped to watch the next J. Hap start. I'm not, you know, that's yeah, not a point. If you, if, you, if, you buy, if you got if you go and buy tickets to a Phillies game and you're like, oh, or I'm sorry, a Twins game, and you're like, oh, yeah. who's pitching? Oh, it's J. Hap. Oh, I mean, okay, okay. It's like <laughs> all right. Like, probably watched yeah. this guy five times already. Like he's been to half the major league teams in his career. Right. I'm I mean, sure he's on Phillies too, so good call yeah, on that, dude. I, I think <laughs> yeah, he's right. the Yankees, the Blue Jays, he's been everywhere. But, yeah. I mean, he's boring. Uh, there's really nothing else to say about it, but he's a guy who will not really kill your team. You don't have to worry about J.A. Happ giving up 10 runs in two-thirds of an inning. This is a guy who's going to pitch, you know, five, six innings to start. I think he averages five and two-thirds a start this year. Going to give up, you know, two runs, maybe less a start, and he'll strike out three, four guys. It, it's nothing, you know, wow or crazy, but it's it's consistent numbers that'll help, you know, build your overall pitching totals as the week goes on. I'll tell you something funny. So, <laughs> what, what do Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, and Jay Happ all have in common? They all went to the Yankees with these high expectations, and then the next year they had great seasons. So. Yeah. It's a little bit of a trend. I mean, there's a lot of these pitchers who were supposed to be these studs for the Yankees, and you know maybe the moment or the the, the spotlight gets a little too bright. But then they leave, and the following year they're studs again. So I, I love that call, Steve. I can't believe what Lancelin's been doing too. He he's one guy. We'll probably talk about him later on in probably, you know, yeah. a couple weeks down the road. Yeah. But he's a guy I just can't believe he's been as good as he's been. But yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, these guys that you know. They're older guys, all three that you named, but hey, they they give you the stats, and that's really all you want. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you get the stats; all that matters is that you do get them. It can be ugly, yeah. like putting Lamichael Pirine into your flex spot, like I did in my championship <laughs> fantasy league last year. But you know what? These things happen. Uh, that's gonna do it for us here on Trainer Fantasy Baseball today. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you next week. Good.